Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Phantoms of the Silver Screen podcast. The podcast that will do anything to finally get Are You Afraid of Dark reboot going. Because we love this show. I am one of your hosts, Rip. And I'm joined by the scandalous... Gumby. It is me. Yes. Today's episode is another recap of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And this time it's season two, episode nine, titled The Tale of the Full Moon. So, last episode. Which, you know, for us was a long time ago. For you, not so long. <laughs> we predicted some outcomes for this episode. So we tried to guess what it's going to be about. Pretty easy to guess. And who's going to tell the story. So last time, your guess for who the Tale of the Fool Moon narrator was. What? Betty Ann, I rolled the dice. Did I get it? Mm-hmm. Of course not. No, you did not. You didn't get it. Because this was the most frank story on Earth. Yes, and who okay. predicted? Did anybody predict it was the most frank story on Earth? Jumby did. Which of course, Jumby fucking Jumby did. Jumby's like, yeah. if he was in the UFC, he'd be buying for a title fight right now because of how undefeated he is in these predictions. I can't be stopped. <laughs> And I definitely would have been cut. And <laughs> been you told. did get that it was it was going to be a neighbor, like somebody in town. You did get that aspect. Yeah. I mean, we both were uh, predicting it was going to be about werewolves. Mm. And this is a werewolf episode. But this ain't, a, this ain't your traditional werewolf episode. This is really creative. Yeah. A lot of twists and turns and... I love the the whole vibe that they were going for. Spoke to me, and we'll get into that in a bit. But, you know, it has a very detective, old gumshoe type of thing going on. Yeah, yeah. I really, yeah. <laughs> a lot of it, it was weird, right? It was a combination of '90s, but like '50s, you know. Yeah. It was. It was interesting. You know, I never really get did get a good handle on what time period this was. Yeah, no, well, I mean, I they they use walkie talkies and they have a a cord phone. Yeah, that's cord right. Cord phone. They used phones with cords back then. But then, how do they take it out of the house? That's crazy. How do they put it in a pocket? I don't understand. <laughs> the cord was also attached to the wall. If that wasn't clear. <laughs> exactly um yeah so this is definitely the 90s it's just the characters and the the vibe this neighborhood was giving us that was definitely definitely 50s and the i don't know if i was expecting this kind of story from frank like (laughs) i thought his take would be a little more menacing yeah i'm not saying i'm upset by it i'm fine with it but not what I expected. 
I thought it'd be more grounded, but this is definitely like, like loosey goosey, you know, like mm-hmm. a little humorous. I liked it a lot. And like you think about it in the aspect of him telling the story, um, because obviously they're not gonna get these visuals, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess it comes off more menacing. I don't know. That's not. Maybe. I mean that that's an issue with a lot of the episodes where it's like, all right, the scenery is kind of what makes this episode, but that's not coming across <laughs> yeah. in this campfire story. So I don't know. <laughs> hmm. well, yeah. So anyway, let's uh, let's get the episode started. So, so the tale begins with we don't get Gary, you know, being upset rightfully when somebody's late because they're all there, sitting down. on time. And and the biggest middle finger this show has ever given Rip, uh, <laughs> Frank is already sitting down on the, the chair, on the storyteller's chair with Gary, oh. Gary standing over him, and Betty Ann was as far as you could be in that circle to show <laughs> that I was wrong. <sighs> but I think that it was there was I felt like, I felt that pain before because there was an episode where I like I guessed it was somebody. But then they got sick or something, and someone else read it, and it was your pick. And I was like, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, that was Kiki. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Kiki and Gary. But uh, tonight's a special night, Jumbie, and for the Midnight Society. Ooh. What's Is going it Tuesday? On? Uh, it might be. <laughs> yeah. But it... No, it's a, it's a special night, because we are celebrating Frank's one year anniversary for being admitted to the midnight society yeah. and to remind mm-hmm. everybody he uh he was brought in by david david is the person we can thank for frank yeah and david is sitting next to christine we actually get some evidence that they're dating outside of that one episode because <laughs> usually they, they sit as far apart as possible they don't make eye contact now they're at least sitting next to each other yeah. i think they're like oh they rewatched the pilot for the sake of this episode and they're like <laughs> oh my god remember that whole thing with the and then they just got back to it like oh yeah that's right we were we were supposed to be a thing that's we should probably do get you back recall, to that do you recall how many stories frank has told there's the the phantom cab yes is that the only the story? midnight uh not midnight mass midnight madness <laughs> midnight madness yes um just, just and, and, and this one yeah he this is his third story it's been yeah. a fucking year and this is his third story shows you how much you know Gary lets anyone else get the spotlight. Hmm. I think he, everybody gets like three turns. He he doesn't even fucking he hasn't even said one this season. I wanted Gary. Yeah, that means it's gonna be a big one. Fucking better. <laughs> I bet you they're all on time because Gary drove that day and everyone had to go <laughs> in his car. And he got them out the house early and he made sure. <laughs> I would love to see the evidence for that too. Just like, honking his horn like crazy. Hey, hey, Gary, I thought we were going to walk. No, no. Get in. <laughs> I'm tired of this bullshit. Get in the van. And they leave. 
So yeah. So yeah, they're all there for the happy anniversary of Frank. And they're all praising him. They're remembering how good his first story was with Dr. Vink with the vuh, vuh, vuh. Yeah. I I was expecting to see Dr. Vink, but I'll let you guys down easy now. It doesn't show up. Nope. You know, it doesn't hurt the story. Don't expect that because I was and I was like, oh. one Dr. Vink per season. That's fair. That's all they. <laughs> that's all they need. So, um, they're all referencing Doctor Vink and the tale of the Phantom Cab. Everybody's mm-hmm. smiling, and laughing. And Gary aff- informs everybody because they already know, but we don't know. But uh, the Midnight Society's tradition is that on the night of a member's anniversary, they gotta tell a scary story. Mm-hmm. And. Frank's like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I got a fucking story. Mm-hmm. And they're all excited. They all sn- snuzzle mm-hmm. up in their chairs, lean closer. What's going Frank's on? Frank's like, hey, you see that up there? Everyone looks up. You see that in the sky? What is that? And then the camera cuts to a front shot of Betty Ann as shadows engulf her face. And you can only see her eyes. <laughs> and she says, with all seriousness, that's a full moon. <laughs> and Frank's like, yes, Betty. Yes, it is a full moon. <laughs> this is my story. <laughs> Stop freaking me out. <laughs> um, yes, it is indeed a full moon. <laughs> and he likes to tell everybody that eerie things happen when the full moon is full. Uh, Betty Ann already knows this. Yeah, Betty's nodding her head like, yep, yeah, yep, they do. That's true. He is guy. I can contest to that. <laughs> That's a fact. Mm-hmm. He said, people always act a little different, a little strange. To anybody who's ever told a tale of terror, there's one special thing that always happens when the full moon rises. And then he pauses and he's like, yeah, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Submitted for the approval for the Midnight Society, Frank calls this story the tale of the full moon. Yeah, and we begin. I wonder what it's going to be about, vampires. <laughs> you know, we were trying to do a side bet. We're we're crossing. Jumpy and I were crossing our fingers, like, yeah, you know what? I kind of hope it's not about werewolves. I want to see how creative they can flex. The moon is the is the, <laughs> is the enemy. <laughs> the moon is haunting everybody. Yeah, and they have to get rid of it and they blow it up like Piccolo and Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> The full moon was within us the entire time. <laughs> I'm not gonna stop that that whole thing. That'll be my running guy for. Yeah. Um, but we begin, and we begin with like campy music. You know, it's we're introduced to two pet detectives. I don't know if Jim Carrey came out with this movie already, but they are. I don't know. Something about the '90s was all about pet detectives. <laughs> it's a quirky little thing. Um, let, me, let me see Ace Ventura first movie when did that come out 1994 and this came out in 1993 19... wow okay. Way. so they're the first pet detectives Jim Carrey's like I can do it better <laughs> and then they made a movie did they wear a tutu they didn't no. wear a tutu I wore a tutu Finkel it's Einhorn Einhorn Finkel it actually doesn't hold up <laughs> so <laughs> we get um Who's running the pet detective? It's uh, our protagonist for this episode, 
Jed and Huey. They're two young Jed. boys who have their own little pet detective thing going on where their specialty is chihuahuas. Mm-hmm. They, they have a legit little business going on, which is way more proactive than anything I'd ever be doing at their age. Hmm. I would be... St- I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be staring at a wall like an idiot. I, I wouldn't be running a business. <laughs> I mean, what was it? They couldn't... Video games weren't that affordable yet, you know what I mean? Dude, this is right before video games. But I, I'm not going to kid myself. If I had no video games as a kid, I'd still not be running a business. <laughs> well, their business as pet detectives is to help and locate... Uh, Help and locate. They just want. They're just finding lost pets. That's all. And chihuahuas yeah. are their specialties. Um, I don't know why they are. They're the smallest dog, hardest to find. Yeah. Maybe the yapping yeah. that really like makes them easy to find. Um, for whatever reason, lately, pets have been disappearing, and they go through the checklist Huey does um, has a checklist he's the organized one in the group you could tell because his polo's buttoned up all the way he's a secretary yeah they uh, they got all the materials they got everything they needed um but he's wondering why Jed charged their neighbor um $20 to locate their missing the the missing cat Misty and Jed replies like, "Hey, I've been at the pet shop lately. There's a puppy, um, for twenty bucks. If I could, you know, I raise the price, I could get this puppy." And Huey's he, like, "He's like, where's your, where's your honor? You're cooking the books on me. I have to take you in." <laughs> um, and Huey also brings up the point that uh, Jed's mom's not down for pets. Mm-hmm. And this is when we start noticing all the, the the dog posters around in their little, uh, well, it was made out of cardboard, right? Their little uh, clubhouse. Yeah. I would say I would say clubhouse. Yeah. So, um, what was it? Uh, so yeah, so they're off. They're going to get this missing cat, Misty, and Jed has um a silver dog whistle obviously it's a cat so they can't really use it but that's one of her things um and they have squeaky toys and a bunch of other pet finding mechanisms that they put together it's really not a nice little business i Hmm. i'm just too impressed by it and knowing kids of that age like i I just don't buy it no nobody's that good at that age they're so lazy at like 12 years old but uh, it's it the motivation comes from how much Jed wants a puppy. That is true. He has a selfish desire, which would drive him at yeah. that age. And not only that, not it's like a win-win because of how responsible and organized they're being. You can show his mom, "Hey, this is how much I want a pet," mm-hmm. and. If I could take care of this business, which he will probably fold immediately. Mm-hmm. I, I also want to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure we're doing a good job at painting the 
vibe of this place because Jed and Huey are like legit old school gumshoe detectives. Okay, they have the music going, the jazz music. You know the detective jazz music. I can't do it for you, but (laughs) you've heard it before. It's like slow jazz that detectives listen to and they're talking real fast and Jed has kind of like, you know, a crazed look in his eyes all the time because he's like too busy detecting things and going all over the place and going a little too fast. Huey's like keeping up with him and they have this banter going on that sounds like old school detective banter. I just want you guys to know that. Yeah. It's very it's very interesting for two kids to be acting this out because this is like, I don't know, an old, like Columbo or something, like some old detective show. The thing they're missing, that. the only thing they're missing from this is for it to like, um, for the 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 frame to freeze while one person breaks the the fourth wall and talks to the audience (laughs) that would be some malcolm in the middle stuff (laughs) which is actually around the time this was made nah like six years removed really yeah malcolm the first episode it's like 2000 something like 2000 2001 can't believe that but yeah so these boys go off and they start looking for Misty. Um, Huey has a net <laughs> and Jed has a book bag. So I guess whatever Jed is, um, is cooking, like he's very confident in this <laughs> and his cat catching skills. You, we also assume that they have accomplished this goal many times. We don't actually have any evidence of that. Oh, I know they they got paid once, well, but they said they were profiting off of this. So. I okay, well we'll see if they were because Jed is investigating with Huey. Huey's doing his thing. They're all going misty, misty. They're setting traps, trying to find the cat. Um, Jed's trek to find Misty leads him toward one of their neighbors' houses. Um, as he's searching for Misty, he finds her collar sitting on this floor somewhere nearby this house and he follows the collar and he finds a few more collars and it's leading toward the back yard of this neighbor's house and And he walks right in because there's no fence (laughs) of course Mm -hmm. if there's anything this was a public service announcement announcement for a if get a fence Mm -hmm. don't don't fuck around get a fence especially like not no spoilers or anything, but especially if there's something you want to keep inside your <laughs> facility, maybe put up a fence, a really big one. Yeah. But while Jed is following the trails of these collars, Huey was walking by and he sees something uh black and fluffy just floating <laughs> by the, the top of a fence. Forgot this part. He knew he was like, Oh, that's a misty. And I guess he was a gymnast because he he sprinted, dove over the fence, grabbed grabbed the fluffy black um, object that was floating around the fence, does a front flip, lands, starts um, grabs it and realizes it was hair. Turns around and he just sees a disappointed woman looking at him. And the only thing you could really do in that situation is pet the hair as if it was an animal. Huey is 
is a stooge. He's acting like like he's on the three stooges or something. Like he he has a big dumb smile throughout this whole event. He does randomly like impressively I don't know how to describe it. He does impressive acrobatics out of nowhere, just like the three stooges do. Because their stunts are very like vaudevillian and they have a lot of technique to them, so they look effortless, but they're actually hard to do. Uh, it was great. I was like, "Oh, okay, go Yugi, man!" <laughs> no, it was it was impressive. I would, I would like to say there was no stunt double needed. No. He just did it. Mm-hmm. One cut, like no cuts actually, yeah. just one shot. One just kidding. Shot. There's plenty of cuts. <laughs> It was one cut of him running, one cut of the (laughs) somersault, one cut of him landing. (laughs) Yeah, that was not one continuous take. (laughs) People would be like, oh my god, that sounds impressive. And like, no, those liars. (laughs) So I I like throwing in things that didn't actually happen just to throw people off. Just like like with Betty Ann, I like to make up stuff. (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? That was true. Yeah, I know. It's true about how I felt. <laughs> um, so here we are. Jed, we return to Jed. He followed the trail of of the call, missing caller Misty, and he walks into the backyard of a of a house of a stranger's house that he doesn't know, and because it had a for sale sign with um a sticker slapped on it, said saying "sold." So this is a new neighbor. And he's in the back. Yep. Finds a bunch of collars. And he peeks inside the house. He's, we see a man, blue button-up shirt, some slacks, bald dude. He goes out um, and he's walking in the kitchen where Jed is peering in. And Jed sees him. He quickly goes to the side of the, the wall where... Um, this person can't see that he's peering through the the screen and back door, uh, what, uh, with the the opening of the back door? I don't know. The like the screen door. No, like the screen door. And you know how the back door is usually is like not see through. Glass. Glass. Thank you. Fucking a. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. All right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Jed is <laughs> removed from the view from the glass. And mm-hmm. um, this man comes in in his own kitchen. This is his house. Yeah. And he's just making a meal. He gets out some raw meat. He puts Tabasco and soy sauce in the on the raw meat, cracks an egg in it, but the phone rings and he goes upstairs. I don't know if we mentioned very clearly, but... Before we saw this man come out, he was following that trail of cat collars, mm-hmm. and he found a big pile yeah, yeah, of yeah. cat and dog collars. We mentioned that, right? Yeah. Okay, because the you know the assumption here is that this this is not cow meat. <laughs> this is this is misty meat. This is this is some pet animals that he has ground up into a, a fine paste. <laughs> I mean, that's the assumption, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't get a, we don't get confirmation. What we do get is as uh, this man, the owner of this house, goes upstairs to take a call, 
um, Jed decides to just walk in, walk into this guy's house, and gets reckless. Yeah, he's a loose cannon cop. He sniffs the the meat, doesn't mm-hmm. like it. Something's off. He's like, yeah, doesn't smell great. Opens up the fridge and sees nothing but containers filled with ground meat. Which makes you wonder, because he did have eggs, was that his last egg? Does he just have one egg? Maybe he has it under the sink, you know, or something. He's keeping Keeps it away. eggs under the sink. Weirdo. <laughs> I know. Look at this guy. Did he put him in the freezer? <laughs> That's true. Jed did not take the freezer. Maybe maybe the eggs were in the freezer. <laughs> wouldn't be the weirdest part about this, man. <laughs> so, Jed, in the middle of all this, as he's about to snoop some more, he gets a call from his partner. On the Huey, walkie-talkie. On the walkie-talkie. Uh, they have walkie-talkies, uh, which they yeah. probably use from the profits of this business. Um, yeah. And the big thing is that they have code names, Rin Tintin and Lassie. Very old school. Yeah. So Huey's using their code names. And of course, this yeah. Jed failed to mention to Huey, like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm inside the house. So Doing a quick B&E. <laughs> radio silence for a bit. Yeah, so that didn't happen. The the There was no radio silence. That shit echoed throughout the house, which, which caught the attention of... um. The owner of the house and he's like yeah i'll call you back and hangs up his phone and slowly starts walking downstairs this causes um well this doesn't cause the once huey made that sound on the radio on the walkie-talkie jed knew it's time to bolt this this mission is done so he he runs out through the backyard door and gets caught on a nail and that's where the suspense comes. Will he get out of there in time? As this man is slowly walking downstairs, because he heard something. But when he finally gets to the backyard door, there's nobody there. But the backyard door is open. So, he knows somebody was in the house, for sure. And he looks around. And we see... Jed hiding behind a fence away from this man's view. And and obviously Jed waits a good long while mm-hmm. and then checks if the coast is clear and then he leaves. Because only an idiot <laughs> would wait three seconds and then walk out of there. Yes. But that's what Jed does. Jed waits like three seconds and he's like, I gotta go. And he runs and by, you know, the good grace of God, he doesn't get seen, even though this neighbor of his is like staring out the door. He doesn't see him. His son was in his eyes, I guess. Uh, he looked to the right or to the mm-hmm. left. He looked away. <laughs> and that was like barely. His peripheral vision is zero. He can't see anything unless it's directly in front of his people. So he closes the door and we cut to the next scene. That man has no heightened senses. That's all I'm saying. I like to add that Jed did try knocking on the front door and no one answered. <laughs> okay. It's very nice. 
Officer, before I broke in, right? <laughs> I knocked. Yep. Made sure no one was home. So, what happens in the next scene? Where, where do we go now? We're back at Judd's house. And I like to say that every house in this neighborhood looks the same. Yep, and really nice. I think my standards for houses are very low, but like these look really nice to me. <laughs> so Judd is explaining all of this to his mom, Ellen, and she's less concerned about the fact that he broke into that guy's house and looked through his fridge, you know? Yeah. She, she's like, because Judd's like, oh, this this dude's been kidnapping and eating pets. And his mom is just like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> um, you're making this up. And he's, he's like, no. Um, uh, why would I make this up? And she's like, yeah, because you want me to take care of every stray animal in this neighborhood so you can have a pet. This is what you want, some big conspiracy theory so that you can control and manipulate me. Well, it ain't going to work in my house. And A little paranoid, <laughs> if you ask me. This mom is like, she's from the Jersey Shore. <laughs> oh, yeah. Her hair is wild, man. It's it, it is like, it gives her three feet in height. She's wearing spandex and I don't know what else. Just all bright pink and blue. She is wild. Mm-hmm. And she's Je- a Jersey girl. And Jed in his anger says that his dad would have let him have a dog. And... She looks up almost with tears in her eyes and says, yeah, you're right. And and they have this, this violin music that <laughs> would normally play in old-timey shows when things get sad and serious. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what they were trying to do here, but it made me real <laughs> sad. So, and then, um, like, yeah, he, no, he's like, oh, dad would have believed me. And he's like, yeah, he probably would. And, like, as they close up to her face with, like, the tear, like, she's fighting back the tear. No tears coming out, but it's, like, misty-eyed. And mm-hmm. then Jed walks away sad. And then she turns to the old, an old family photo with her, the dad, and Jed. And then she looks at the father, and she's like, creep. And she slams the, the photo down. This was some backstory that... I thought it would go somewhere, but kind of didn't. Oh, he left. It was her. just kind of. It was just character building. He yeah, he her. for sure. He left. left her for sure. Yeah, uh, he left them. Yeah. Um, which the which kind of like explains the past trauma and maybe why Jed is so so risky and like a loose cannon. Maybe he's oh, taking yeah. these risks. He's acting out. Yeah, that might be. He wants that attention, right? He wants his dad back. Mm-hmm. So as soon as she calls Dad a creep and slams the photo, we see Jed in his room being a creep. Yeah, this is uh, presumably the next night because we have a full moon, everyone. On the tail of the full moon, we get the full moon. What a thunk. And Jed has this high, like, it's not high tech. It's, it is high tech for the time, but he has a setup to freaking peep on his neighbors and i think this is like and record it i think this is like a homage 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 to um that twilight zone episode with like the neighbor he like he has a telescope or whatever and is spying on all his neighbors and he sees something goes wrong and he starts freaking out 
but instead of it a, could be instead of a telescope we get um jet's video camera on a tripod and he's like looking through it fix it like zooming in at the right point and he's he's doing that to the neighbor <laughs> so this is definitely a a product of the time that has become much creepier like i don't think when they made this in the 90s when like barely anyone had a video camera or they were brand new or whatever that they realized how creepy it is <laughs> to videotape your neighbors without their consent or anything it's just you shouldn't do that yeah this is your very uh boys will be boys attitude and his mom yeah very much takes this you know mm-hmm. i know boys do stupid shit like that all the time but he, you but know no. Oh, no. <laughs> That's creepy. Don't let him do that shit. Uh, I, but it is also what a private eye does. Like, he spies on people. So maybe that's what they're going for. I don't know. That's a creepy def- job. They're definitely doing that because they're playing the music as he's doing this. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> don't fucking do this. Um, it's like, oh, I got paid 20 bucks and I suspect that he ate the cat. Uh. So I'm not, I'm not letting go of the case, mom. This is my <laughs> case. I'm not letting another one go cold. So, so he's there, videotaping, and he whispers, "Misty, Misty." He gets the right angle, and this is where we learn he hooked up the 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 video camera to the TV, which is also playing, um. Like his recording, like whatever he's recording, it's showing on the screen. So, yeah, so he's just watching it. He doesn't have to look through the the camera anymore. And what we see is blue shirt neighbor. Just balding, balding, just mm-hmm. just pacing. And all of a sudden he just doesn't feel well. You know, well, with a diet of just ground meat, eggs and Tabasco. It yeah, you know, it would, it would make somebody sick. Yeah, so somebody needs a little bit more substance, a little more fiber in their diet, mm-hmm. some fruits and veggies. Yeah, definitely didn't see him drink any water, so that's not gonna help. Oh yeah, there was no water in that fridge unless they drink it from the tap. But and he probably would, <laughs> animal. Yeah, so we see this dude, he's just not feeling well, and he goes to the floor, and then. Chad looks closer, and then all of a sudden, this dude comes back up, but it's not the same dude, because he's a werewolf. Oh my god! <laughs> I wasn't. I, I don't know why I wasn't. I didn't see it coming. Like I knew it was going to be about werewolves, but I was so convinced that they were going to subvert my expectation here mm-hmm. that I was surprised when he came up, and I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah. I actually showed you the werewolf. He's hairy. He's furry everywhere. Um, the like the facial is just a werewolf. Like you get the ears, you get the teeth. Uh, I have a. I have to critique this because Are You Afraid of Dark has been doing awesome jobs just on um, stage makeup and costumes, mm-hmm. but this re- really looked like a mask. I, it moved. The mask moved a lot, and it had like, but the teeth, the, the teeth, teeth was good. on fucking point. That so the, I, that thing can tear flesh. For sure. I have the perfect way in case you haven't seen it. 
and you in case you've seen this other obscure thing I'm about to reference. So in the 90s, mm-hmm. they made these Ninja Turtle movies, right? <laughs> oh my god. So these Ninja Turtle movies were live action and they had these very strange creepy looking you know I don't know what to call them body suits for the Ninja Turtles <laughs> and the mouths moved with complex puppery, puppetry stuff and they made a few of those but in the second one they had these monsters these things that weren't turtles that turned into big monsters one was like I don't know a snapping turtle and a hyena or something and that makeup looks just like this thing and that was made in 1991 so I'm willing to bet whatever special effects <laughs> was going on there happened here because this was 1993 <laughs> so that that's a good reference to me <laughs> yeah i know and one person is gonna get it and it's gonna be me when i listen to it again <laughs> and if if you get that that reference kudos and you um, get that reference yeah, you go look good jumpy <laughs> And check, check on your cholesterol and and your blood pressure, and make sure your <laughs> body's going good. <laughs> uh, so, Jed sees this, and typical teenage teenager reaction to this is to scream your lungs out and call for your mother. What he do? He does. He does the Kevin thing. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, mm-hmm. Judge mom walks in, Ellen, and she's wearing her what avocado mask. As I don't know what they're called, but um, uh, if it's not an avocado mask, we're gonna say it is. So. Yeah, the green mask with mm, she's curlers and her, her face with avocados, <laughs> um, with curlers and a bathrobe, and she's like, "What's going on? What's going on?" And he's like, "Yo, uh." There's a werewolf next door. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? Really? That's what you brought me over for? He's like, no, it's true. Yeah, you're just going to tell me that, and I'm just going to believe it right off the bat. (laughs) I'm just going to believe you. That's stupid. I would never believe anyone who tells me that there's a werewolf. Okay? Get to bed. (laughs) That's what the mom says. (laughs) And then Jed's like, no, look, I was taping the neighbor, and this is what I caught. And she freaks out. She's like, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. As she closed the blinds, she's like, freaking, who are you? <laughs> You're not my son. This is horrible. <laughs> and um, he's, Jed starts rewinding the tape to show her. But for whatever reason, you know, the fact that he keeps holding it down for like a second and then letting go and thinking something new is going to show up. Um, Rewind the whole thing and press and, play. Come on. Yeah, but he didn't do that. He just kept, look, watch. Holds it down for a second. Let's go. Holds it down. Let's go. Well, it's not showing up. It's like, yeah, because you're rewinding the same scene and playing it over and over again. Mm. Come on. Gotta hold it down longer. Yeah. And so his his mom dismisses it. Like, look, I know what's going on. You have dog on the brain and it's causing you to have these dreams. And he's like, yo, I'm definitely not dreaming. (laughs) I saw it with my waking eyes, mom, (laughs) please. Um, She's like, nah, you're just crazy. She's like, look, um, she's like, look, I love you. Just go to bed, okay? And he's like, you know, he's like, why doesn't anybody believe me? So he goes to the one person the next day that will believe him, and that's Huey. And Huey has a book on, like, lore, (laughs) like, 
classic lore. Um, and the real fucking book. Like this is this is he's like looking through it and he's like, Yeah. Um it it the werewolves are actually called mesomorphs. It's not really a werewolf, you know, that's just like some name that the the westerners came up with and, <laughs> and he's actually suffering from the disease called lycanthropy which can change them at any time and um <laughs> jed kept saying the like the big words um mm-hmm. over and over like to finish huey's sentences so yeah um so jed knows the lore but Jed's big question is like, what am I supposed to do about it? And Huey has the answer he, from the book. Mm-hmm. He drops the knowledge that, look, there's some weaknesses that this werewolf has. Obviously, silver, pure silver. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, the cheapo stuff your mom has as, as a cutlery in your house. <laughs> pure silver is going to do it. Also, lesser known fact they're also allergic, deathly allergic, to roses. Ooh. I didn't know that. That's some new lore. And they need to eat fresh meat to survive. Small creatures like birds. Other little things like uh, pets, maybe? Yep. But their favorite meal is children. <gasps> but I'm a kid. <laughs> he was like, well... The best thing you can do to deal with this is, um, yeah, move. Fuck it. Leave. Get out of town, kid. <laughs> it's not my neighborhood. <laughs> so, next day, well, that night, um, Ellen yeah. is in a nice, pretty, I'm going to call it Grease-type dress from, like, the movie Grease. With her hair up, she's playing some music, she's dancing, she's serving up different, like, she's setting the table um, with different food. Dinner's coming up, and Jed walks in as she's dancing, she's holding herself, like, rocking back and forth, and Jed's like, what's going on? Like, giggling. And she's like, oh my god, Jed, what's going on? And he's like, "This you're doing all this for dinner? Who's coming over? And then she's like, oh, okay. Remember that guy I told you was coming that I met at the bowling alley two weeks ago? Well, I invited him over. And then Jed's like, oh, yeah? You got a date? Yeah. (laughs) He seems super open to it. So he's not holding on to any resentment, you know, like some kids do when the parent leaves. Yeah. It's like, cool. Ooh, he makes fun of her a little bit. Yeah, he teases her for it. And she's like, oh, he's like, oh, you're sweating a little bit, huh? She's like, I'm not sweating. She, she's like, shut up, you. And then the doorbell w- rings, and she's like, Dora, get to Jed. And he just looks at her like, yeah. And she's like, you know what I meant. Like, All right, Bob, keep it together. <laughs> so he goes against the door, and um, of course, we all know where this is going, right? It's a 24-minute uh, kid show. This is like the reverse <laughs> of some common like vampire plots yeah. where the kid knows a vampire's there and like a family member's dating the vampire. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So he goes to the door, he opens it, and who is it? It's but 
the balding werewolf man himself from next door. Holding roses. And his name is? <laughs> Mr. Anchors. Mr. Anchors. Yep. So, he's freaking out. and But he doesn't let out a scream or anything. We just cut to the dinner. Um, Mr. Anchors is looking a little jovial, staring at Ellen across the table. With He started by coming in the house mm-hmm. with roses. Yeah. Did we mention that? Yes, we did. Okay. Yeah, he was I'm sorry. Her, yeah. That was so, so important because yes. <laughs> he's not allergic. Yeah. He's holding it. He was smelling it too. Like he got his nose all up in there. He was like. <sighs> and um, so they're sitting across the table from each other. Ellen's talking. He's hanging on to his, her every words, but he's probably just daydreaming, just getting lost in her, you know, and her. Just getting lost in her. And all while Jed is just like plotting his next move. He's like, nah. He's staring daggers at him. <laughs> he got this crazy look in his eye. So, um, uh, what was it? Uh, Mr. Ang- Mr. Anchors, um, you know, he's cool. He's talking about Jed. He's talking to Jed. Um, he's and- like, who wants some food? I'm so hungry, I can eat a horse. Yeah. And, and Jed's just like, or a cat, and he looks at him without <laughs> blinking, and his mom's like, "Okay, anyway, let's and, move on." And she's like, "Oh, where's kid? Does anyone have? Does anyone want some yams? <laughs> I made yams. Oh, my, Normal family over here." My favorite was like, uh, she, "He's like, oh, uh, where'd you move from?" And Jed was like, "Transylvania." <laughs> I thought I really thought he was gonna be like, "That's vampires, dude." Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm a werewolf. I mean. Mm-hmm. I guess werewolf lore comes from that region. I don't know. I always, all I remember you... was the werewolf in London. I don't even think it's like it started in London. I thought it started in America with Mar- with Marty McFly Jr. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so as Jumby said, Emily decides to pass, offer more yams. Which mm-hmm. Mr. Anchors accepts. And as he's receiving the yams, Jed is like, oh, his guard is down. This is it. He grabs the silver fork and and stabs Abs him. <laughs> stabs him right on the Like head. an animal. He's crazy. He's out of his mind, everybody. <laughs> he <laughs> stabbed a man. He's like, oh, that hurt. He's like, why? Because it's made of pure silver and it, and it hurts you, you werewolf. And he's like, no, man, you stabbed me. <laughs> And, then, oh. and Ellen's like, what are you doing, Jed? And Jed's like, look, look, mom, look at him transform. And he pulls the the curtains from the windows and the full moon. There's a blast onto um, <laughs> onto the Mr. Anchors. And he's just looking at it like, yeah, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and I think at that point, Jed's just like, uh, fuck. Um, Nothing happened. Uh, um, he... Ellen gets kind of, kind of, Ellen is angry, but Mr. Anchor's like, nah, don't worry about it, don't worry about it, it's fine, it's fine. She's like, oh, look, Jed, you're you're done. Dinner's done for you. Go upstairs to your room. Mm-hmm. No hot, warm Mr. meal for you. Mr. Anchor's is like, I was just about to eat yams. 
The first non-meat product I've eaten in years. <laughs> so, Jed is in his room, sitting cross-legged, with his with his hands on his like, way like we'll call prayer hands, his hands together on his and but also on his nose, like he's plotting mm-hmm. something. The music going and um, Ellen walks in. And she's like, she's giggling, she's happy, she's but she turns and she looks at Jed, and she's like, hey, "Get serious." I'm going to get coffee with Mister Anchors. Wink, y- wink. Your food, <laughs> your food <laughs> is in the the Calvinator is what they call it, not the refrigerator, the Calvinator. <laughs> what is that? Who says that? What is a Calvinator? Sounds like- sick. I'm gonna start saying that if that's a oh. an for. <laughs> For fridge, <laughs> uh, it is a type of fridge. Um, yeah, it's just a type of fridge. Were they trying to go for like a Kleenex thing? Where oh, it's not tissues. Everyone calls it Kleenex because the brand is so popular. I think, but so. I've never heard of the Kelvinator. Um, I want one. I hope the company's still alive. Well, I, I think, uh, I think it's a fridge. With a freezer on top. Is that just the term for it? I, I'm trying my best to do enough research so you don't call it that. So, but I, that means I have a Kelvinator. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And you have a Kelvinator. I, I, I'm pretty sure. Well, <laughs> whatever. We'll do more research on it later. But, uh, yes, his his food is in the Kelvinator, and they're going out for coffee. So as they leave, Jed calls up Huey, and this is your boy Huey. Huey just <laughs> Huey only takes his calls in one way, through a well two ways through a walkie-talkie, or while he's laying in a bath, just chilling, well bubble bath. Cute. Hair, his hair up. His hair up. And he had something over his eyes. I think goggles or cucumbers. I'm not worried. I think I'm implanting I, cucumbers on there, but I just can't yeah. see him not have the cucumbers over his yeah. eyes. I, I think there were goggles, but I also vaguely remember cucumbers. <laughs> it, just, I, it just fits so much better. Mm-hmm. But yes. um, And he's talking to him. Jed has unfortunate news. He... Uh, all the tests didn't work. Well, rather the the red roses, um, he wasn't allergic to them. The quote unquote silver didn't hurt him, and then the full moon hit him, and nothing. So Huey and Huey's like, "That's rough, buddy. Maybe he just eats cats." <laughs> um, but Judd is like. Something weird is going on in the house, and we need to go in there and get it and figure it out. Huey's just Huey's, like, bruh, I'm we, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in the tub. I am getting my bath on. You're you're on your own, and Jed's like, towel off and meet me there. And mm-hmm. Huey's a good friend. Huey is a Me- very good friend, so he meets him. I would have been like, no, <laughs> and then I'd hang up. <laughs> So, 
they're back into Mr. Anchor's house. Uh, Huey's just come up with all these excuses to go back to the bath. He's like, hey, uh, he's not home, so how are we going to get in? I know a way. We go through the back. And he's like, I don't feel good about this. I know that having no fence is basically a big invitation, but it's overstepping a little bit. And then Jed starts pulling in the back door. Huey is like, it's locked. I guess we're done for the night. And then Jed pulls out a crowbar. And he's like, oh, we're not done. (laughs) And Huey closes his eyes. He's like, if I can't see it, I'm not an accessory. (laughs) So... This delinquent, like, first, first he breaks into the man's home once, unwarranted. Yeah. He stabs a man. He videotapes his neighbors like a delinquent. And now he's walking around with crowbars. (laughs) This is is a disturbed kid. Yeah. This is, this is a very, this is a cry for help. For help, yeah. Um... But he he props it open, so he's done this before, and he's good at it because he opened this this backyard door. Mm-hmm. He was just like, "Fuck! All right, let's do this." They go in, and uh, Jed's like, "Okay, I got I'm gonna show it to you. I would open this fridge, and you're gonna see." Opens the fridge, empty, nothing, not a soul in that fridge. Nothing, no oh. eggs. No veggies, no meat. So, Jed's like, "How is this possible? It was filled to the brim with meal prepped meat products. <laughs> it was crazy." And Huey's like, "Maybe he got hungry." <laughs> Perfectly logical. So, and Jed rolls his eyes and he's <laughs> like, "Let's keep looking around." So they start searching around, but Huey finds a photograph. And remember, Huey hasn't seen this guy yet. So he's like, yo, is Mr. Anchors uh, bald? Yeah. Is he like, um, I forgot what it is. Average looking. Yeah, average looking. He's like, and just like, yeah, dude, like, what does it have to do with anything? And he's like, yo, he has a twin brother. And Jed's like, what? They look at the picture together, and then we see two Mr. Anchors. And they're like, oh, okay. But then they hear, they're not alone. With the revelation that there's a twin brother, that means the other brother, yes, is a werewolf, and he just jumps out of nowhere and he goes, and he scares them. He scared me too because I wasn't (laughs) expecting to see him, especially like that where he was just hiding somewhere. Yes, with the that revelation is what what caused them to Mm -hmm. him to come out, scare them, and they freak out. And instead of coming going going back the way they came. They were too frightened to think logically, and they ran to the door. And, of course, if your twin brother is secretly a werewolf, you don't have one lock on the door. You have four. Yes. That front door is not an option. Ignore the easily, you know, broken down, like, (laughs) already broken down by, like, thieves and crowbars (laughs) and all that back door that's made of glass. Yes. (laughs) With no fence. (laughs) The front door is impenetrable. Yes. But the back door, who cares? He's never going to think of that. Yes. Uh, and neither do Jed and Huey because they decide the only safe place is to go upstairs. And they do. They run all throughout upstairs. They try every door. That werewolf is getting closer and closer. They say, F it. 
they open one bedroom door they close the door thankfully they prop up uh a table and and in a chair so that um he doesn't get in and Huey being the the observant man that he is says that's not gonna hold and Jed's like yeah I know we just gotta get out of here but then that's when they realize their surroundings this seems to be the werewolf's room. Yep. They yeah. have a mattress. ripped apart bed <laughs> mattress thing that looks like a dog chewed it up. And with chains on the mm-hmm. uh, screwed into the walls. The window is nailed shut. Mm-hmm. And there a... is a bone on the floor. And it <laughs> looks like a big chew toy that a dog would, you know, gnaw on. But. If we're going for realism, they should have just pulled up like a, a human femur or something. <laughs> um, and there's like the the windows cage too. Mm-hmm. So they realize that they're in this room, and because it's all you know preventing him to get out, they're screwed. So Huey's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, we're gonna be dog food," and Ted's like, "Nah, I ain't going out like that, son." And he starts trying to, um rip open the cage over the window but realize that it's too late because this werewolf just broke through and he's about to get them but Jed's not afraid he pulls out his ace in the hole the silver whistle from the beginning of the story yeah you remember mm-hmm. that yeah yeah <laughs> so he blows into the whistle and it hurt uh, the werewolf's ears and Jumpy and Rip's ears, me. Yeah. We were all in pain. It's too loud. Mm-hmm. We're werewolves. <laughs> and they, as the werewolf isn't um, trying to. Just kidding. <laughs> we're, we're phantoms. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. The werewolf is holding his ears in pain. And they use this opportunity to to, to move beside him to get behind him and he goes on the bed and Jed says the line like bad dog you know mm-hmm. but as they're standing we see a figure walk up right behind him and it's Mr. Anchors Huey sees this and he's like oh cool I'll see you tomorrow Jed let me know what happens and he just runs off <laughs> he does <laughs> and he gets away with it. Yeah. He like you think Mr. Anchors would stop him and he's like, peace. And he slips by Mr. Anchors. He like basically trips Jed and leaves him there. <laughs> and runs. Love Huey. So But um Mr. Anchors like, uh, oh, you met my brother Gordon. And he's like, Yeah, you know your your brother Gordon's causing havoc, right? And uh he's like, dude, he's he suffers from lycanthropy. He just doesn't. Um, and people tell like, me. Lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm really, really bad today. No, it's okay. Glass <laughs> door. Glass door. Yes. I forgot the fucking. Not a mirror. <laughs> it's not a mirror door. It's not. You know it. Was it? So. I'd like a mirror of water. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want to say that too. You're your fucking the Kelvin. Kelvin and 
<laughs> can I get, <laughs> can I get some... a mirror of water from your fucking Calvinator? Calvinator, <laughs> please. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, yeah, I need water for my lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. <laughs> so, Gordon suffers from lycanthropy, and uh, people have told him, like, hey, maybe you should put him out of his misery. But he's like, you can't do that to family, can you? Mm-hmm. And then Jed's it's like, just yeah. <laughs> it's one night out of the month. I mean, just yeah. I wonder if he sleeps in that room during the normal yeah. parts of the year, <laughs> or like, is it just like three weeks yeah. out of the month? He's just like, oh man, my room sucks. I have to live like an animal. Yeah. He chains me to the wall. I like to believe that they bought a three-two, so there's another okay. room where he just stays and. Mm-hmm. And, and that's like, oh, the werewolf room. Full moon's coming. My my like my lycanthropy is is acting up. Let me go to the other room. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Jed's like, "Yo, if you think my mom's gonna go for this, you have another thing coming." And then Ellen shows up, and she's like, "Oh, I know." Just to spite him, yeah. his mom shows up. <laughs> she's like, "I already know about this deer. He told me once, and obviously, I believed him." Hey. And she looks at the werewolf, and she's barely surprised. She's like, "Yep, yeah, that's cool. And it would be there because he told me. And that's all I needed, just and... to be told once that werewolves exist." And he's like, <laughs> "Mama, I told you that. I did that. <laughs> me, me." <laughs> so and she's just like, "Shut up." <laughs> just like your father. <laughs> you creep. <laughs> did your father teach you how to break into other people's houses? and stab folk all right you don't think i forgot about that do you so uh, the um what was it uh, during this whole time mr anchors is petting gordon which is cute and nice and gordon's calm um he is very like nonplussed about getting lycanthropy because <laughs> he's super close like it's it's a disease guys you can catch it <laughs> so um, Ellen is just explaining, like, yeah, like what Jomi said. She was told about it, and she just comes to under. She's trying to understand it, but she accepts it. And she's shout out probably to having Ellen. a hard time dating because she's like, <laughs> "I ain't letting this man go. I don't care yeah. what dirty laundry he has." Shout out to I'm Ellen. dealing with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's just like, "Yeah, oh, this my man has a brother who's a werewolf." It's, we could fix that. We could we could deal with that. I could fix any problem. Please, I need to get remarried now. <laughs> so, Jed's like, okay, I could be down with this, but he can't eat other people's pets. So, we're back. Also, for, oh yeah. Also, mm-hmm. Mr. Anchors, we never really got a clear idea what you eat, Mr. Anchors, because yeah, there's sorry. nothing in your fridge. <laughs> But cat meat. I think he just goes out on dates and comes back. <laughs> he eat, he eats like he's an OMAD diet kind of guy. He just eats one meal a day. And that meal is he eats on the dates. And that's yeah, it. That's it. So um so Frank narrates to us as we transition to the next scene. The Ellen mm. and Mr. Anchors got married and all four of them moved into one house and they're a happy family. Um they're having a barbecue. They're cooking up steaks, T-bone steaks. 
He's not making this up, ladies and gentlemen. This is how it ended. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Anchors is cooking is, is on the grill cooking steaks. Uh two well done. One medium. And Emily is like and oh sorry, Mrs. Anchors is like and one extra me- uh, extra rare, right? He he he. And they're celebrating. They kiss and Jed, we see uh, Emily call for Jed and Gordon. Food's ready. But Jed's mm-hmm. like, in a second, Mom. And then Jed picks up a stick, a huge stick. And he's like, all right, now go really, really far. And he throws it. And we see just a hairy hand grab the stick. And I want to say that he was fuck? wearing a, a sleeve, like a shirt. It's the same. It was like a Hawaiian shirt. Oh, yeah. Jed definitely was wearing a Hawaiian shirt, but I think Gordon. I mean, was... I think he was too, uh, Gordon. Yeah, I, I want to say Gordon was still wearing that same b- blue button-up shirt. But, I can't uh, remember now. <laughs> it's probably a Hawaiian shirt. It was a Hawaiian theme barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, but and also head cannon. Mm-hmm. What they were eating, cat. <laughs> T-bone cat. Yeah, or Huey. <laughs> Didn't see him again. No, we did not. <laughs> so we get a nice shot of the hairy arm grabbing the stick behind the full moon. Mm-hmm. The end. And we're back at the campfire. What a twist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was such a... The score of this was like campy. It was like really uplifting, but like still had that detective was, undertone that they this had. This was wacky. Yeah. This, yeah. You know, wacky episode. It was a wacky one. Uh, what else? Um, we're back. Everybody's smiling. They approve of the story. They like it. It's a really good, uh, story. And Gary's like, um, it's time for the surprise. And they're like, surprise. Um, Kristen's like, the night, the fire's nice and hot. Uh, and Frank is like, okay, so, uh, David was just like, it's a special occasion, so of course we have something special planned for you. Gary smiles, mm. pulls out like a a barbecue fork, like um, just a long fork with two spikes, <coughs> and it's like time to roast Frank. And then Frank's like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" All nervous, and then Kiki goes right next to him and pulls out a bunch of hot dogs because hot dogs are also called Frank. Get it? <laughs> and the- a bunch of hot dogs on a string. And she <laughs> she shows it to Frank and Frank's all relieved and then they're like, Alright, let's dig in. And they start burning those weenies and yeah. the episode ends. That's it. Happy anniversary, Frank. hmm What a crazy twist and turn this story took. Didn't expect it from Frank, but it was it was good. It was a good tale. <laughs> I think if I watched this episode and you told me to pick somebody who told it, I wouldn't have been able to pick Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been like Kiki or something. All right. Maybe David. Maybe. I would say it's a more of a David story. No. Right? No. You know who would have been perfect for this? Who? Eric. I say again, who? 
<laughs> Still not letting that go, will you? <laughs> now he's gone. Good riddance. Yeah. I don't care if Dark Music was actually one of the best episodes. So a lot of the characters here show up again, but we're not. But future episodes, we're not going to spoil that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm pretty sure you guessed it. Uh, this is the only time they celebrate a one-year anniversary. <laughs> so <laughs> never do it again. Um, but the guy who played Gordon, or and the werewolf Carl Alaki Alachi, um, mm-hmm. was in the tale of the nightly neighbor. Hmm, I don't remember him. He played the dad of the the vampire, the quote-unquote dad. For real? I don't remember him at all. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. And the the woman who played Ellen? Yes. Is named Ellen. So that was good. She didn't have to <laughs> really go outside the box in that acting. Like that's she, her. I bet she dressed the same. Yeah, she showed up. <laughs> There's no costume. Yeah. She's like, they're like, just show up and they're like, okay. <laughs> But uh, she was. Um, she also Same goes for Gordon. No costume. <laughs> she also <laughs> like the werewolf. It's like <laughs> yeah. Um, That's perfect makeup. Uh-huh. Doesn't know what you're talking about. Ellen would also go uh, off to Arthur to that series. The children's show. Yeah, she plays. Uh, was it Buster? It- What's Buster's last name? Buster Backer? Yeah. Baxter. Buster Baxter. She plays his mom. Wow. So she That goes... was recently relevant again because they showed an episode or something when they're all older. <laughs> no. I remember that. Oh what? The, the Arthur. Last, the last episode. There was an episode. there was yeah, like they were all old now. Arthur's like I, I forgot what he does. I don't care, dude. Arthur doesn't look like he he's like an adult. He looks like he just got out of college. You know, everybody else has careers and look like they're stressed as fuck. But Arthur looks like he just got a call out of college. <laughs> Is this little sister's a cop? Yeah. Because she's a tad she's, mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a She's like, remember that time you punched me, Arthur? <laughs> a cop now. Dude, a lot of people don't didn't believe me that that, that was a real episode. It it happened again. It's not just mean. It's a traumatizing childhood episode. I mean, it's it's. He fucking, punched her in the face. It was, it was so funny. It was. So... <laughs> I'll never get over it. It'll never get old to me because that was so shocking when I saw that. I was like, "Oh my god!" And it took him. Punched it took, her. It took Binky punching him for him to realize that he what he did was wrong. That's like wow. <laughs> that really hurt. Like, Binky didn't beat him up before. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. That's right. <laughs> okay. With that Arthur reminiscing behind us, it's time yes. to get into our predictions for the next episode. We Ooh. are going to say the title, and Jumbie's going to predict who the narrator is. I will predict who the narrator is, and then Jumbie will say what he thinks the episode will be about. And I will do the same. And Jumpy will win next round because he always does. But it, now it's just, well, well, I get close. <laughs> so um, I'll say the name of the episode. 
And I swear to God, if you get this right, man, there's no way. Because it's the episode title is fucking called The Tale of the Shiny Red Bicycle. Predict that shit, right? The Shiny Red Bicycle? <laughs> Who the fuck? Is there a, a guest starring three-year-olds? <laughs> I, I don't know where to even fucking start with that one. Oh, my God. That's impossible. <laughs> okay. You know, it's not. I can narrow shit down. Mm-hmm. It is not Gary. It is not Frank. It is not Betty Ann. I know that for a fact. Nobody's, none of those big heroes are telling this story about Shiny Red Bicycle. But Kristen, so who do we have left? Kristen, David, and Kiki. And we know Kristen's done and David. I think we confirmed David's done, right? I don't know. Ooh. I wouldn't confirm either being done. No, yeah, you're right. No, we know Kristen's done. Why? Because we we talked about it on another episode, and one of the trivia's is like it was the last episode of uh, Kristen. Really, I forgot that. But okay, now we know it's not Kristen for yeah, sure. I'm not gonna give you. I'm not gonna handicap you. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. What so I mean? that mean in my head can Well, I mean, I'm assuming this is not the big three story because yeah. that's just some crazy shit. Yeah. Doesn't seem like I, any of them. I was gonna say Kristen, um, Kiki, or David. And now I know it's not Kristen, so my it's a fifty-fifty in my eyes. I think I it's, think I think I feel it's you. David or Kiki. Yeah, yeah David you. or Kiki. Mm-hmm. I'm th- I'm gonna I'm gonna throw David. Me too. Because right, because the shiny red bicycle sounds like this could be a love story, and that's pretty much what I think David does when he's not ripping off stories. He tells love stories. Did he do the the prom night one? Did he? God, I have to know. I don't remember. I'll, I'll, I'll backtrack on this Wikipedia page here. No. No, he didn't. Okay. <laughs> Who did that one? I don't know. The tale of the... Um... The prom queen? Yeah, the tale of the prom... Oh, that was Kristen course yeah because she dressed up yeah <laughs> yeah it was good of her yeah so yeah i'm saying david you're saying david too yeah i just you're you're saying a love story i don't know if it's a love story yeah it might be because david but shiny red bicycle okay yeah i think it's a love story maybe it's like a love story some horror element will come along. Um, something about the bicycle will be otherworldly or ghostly or something. Yeah, you're predicting ghosts. I'm th- I'm I'm feeling ghosts too. Yeah. Um, so it's either ghosts or like it's cursed. It's a cursed bicycle. Yeah. Nah, I don't say cursed. I think it belonged to somebody from like years ago, and it showed up. Yeah, a ghost from. A- okay, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Are we both agreeing on this? I think so. Man. <laughs> Fine. We'll, we'll throw in some other nah, shit. Nah. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I got it. I, I got something foolproof, bro. Oh, yeah? What? I bet Gary's pissed that everyone's late. <laughs> at, bet right now. Bet money. Everyone's super late. And Gary's like, <clears throat> mad at you guys. You know what? I bet he's not. You bet he's not mad? <laughs> I bet. Okay. I bet he's not. I bet he's perfectly. I everything is set up perfectly fine. 
I'll take it. <laughs> All right. So, shiny red bicycle by David, and he's going, and it's about um. Is it a, a bicycle that they find? And it's what, like the people in the story. Yeah, I'm saying they they find this bicycle, and but it has like, like ghostly properties behind it, like so, you know. Like not that it like you ride it, it takes you to like the different dimension. Like um like ghosts start showing up because of the bicycle. Okay. okay. What what do you what do you think? You think they just find it or I think they buy it at a garage sale. <laughs> what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, we're all right. Tail the shiny red bicycle. <laughs> Let's see what the fuck happens. That 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 made me sweat. And with that being said, any last words, Jumbi? I would like a tall. Mirror of water from the Kelvinator. Wise words spoken by a wise man. And that will conclude another episode of Phantoms of Silver Screen. If you like this episode, please check out any other content we may have dropped or provided for you. And if possible, give us a like, subscribe, a follow, anything that will show us that you love us because we love you. Our love lies in shadows on the moon, waxing and waning in the light of affection and cruelty. My boy with how we howl. A poem by Kaylee Brooks. The end. We love you. Bye.